G'day everyone. Welcome to the Porsche Talk podcast. I'm your host, Mark, from the sometimes and actually in these days hardly ever YouTube channel, Mark and Cars. And as always, I'm joined with Ajmal. Ajmal, how are you today? I'm good, thank you. I'm a flat-out driver off YouTube. Uh, YouTube, I'm more off Instagram or I'm more off this podcast. But anyway, I'm, I'm good, thank you. Great. We've got part two. Part two of the conversation with Brock. G'day, Brock. Thanks for taking the time to join us again. Of course. I'm really glad to be here, and I can't wait to conclude this little uh, two-part podcast with you guys. Well, it's two parts so far. The way we had the last one yeah. went, this could go for part 18 for all we know, couldn't it? <laughs> yeah, it very well could happen. But more importantly, I know where you've been. Ajmal knows yeah. where you've been. The viewers who follow you, oh, sorry, the viewers, the listeners on Insta, on, uh, po- on our podcast here will know where you've been if they follow you on Instagram. But before we get to that, Ajmal, has the cap on the parcel shelf behind? Yes. It's a, do you know, I saw it and I thought, it's mocking me. It's mocking me yes. from the other side of the Atlantic. Tell everyone what it <laughs> tell is. Us, tell us, Brock. So this is a, a, one of the Magnus Walker caps. It's uh, his 277 cap because of his 277 Porsche, of course. Um, and Ajmal, I know you, uh, you really would appreciate it. So I thought the product placement would be good for you. <laughs> See, I, I, want, I, I want Magnus to come and talk to us. And he's just, he's I was just mocking me from a distance. This is, this is as close as you get right here. That's what he told me. He's like, these guys, these guys are going to step it up. Here's a hat. <laughs> I, I suspect if what? you ever mentioned it to him, he'd say, "What guys? Who are you talking about? I don't know who they are." <laughs> don't wreck the story, Ajmal. What I'm really hoping for here is, oh yeah, those guys. No, I won't be. But I tell you what, we should do, Brock. Can you put this cap in the background of the next conversation you have with them? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. where are you? Where are you at the moment? I'm. I'm in. I'm actually. Uh, I found a Wi-Fi hotspot, so I pulled over. I'm on my way back to, to Portland um, from basically from Florida. Um, I didn't drive. I flew. Um, and then I picked my car up at the airport in Seattle and then heading back down to Oregon. Um, and I had to pull over this morning because I was having another conversation, another early morning conversation um, with Portia about some upcoming things that are, uh, I don't know if I can talk about it. I might let it, let it out and just see what happens. Hopefully it doesn't get me in trouble, I see. but I was it's having no a conversation with them. Oh, nice. And then I'm having a conversation with you guys. So literally I'm, I'm doing this from the driver's seat of the 996. Well, firstly, I feel like you're cheating on us by talking to Porsche, but, uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> but hey, listen, I, I got off. I literally told them, I go, I have a podcast that's more important than you guys. I have to go because they just wouldn't stop talking and we just had to get off the phone. So here I am. You, I dumped them you, for you guys. You are such a smoothie. You're saying all the right things. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Brock, was, well, was it Porsche AG in Germany that you were speaking to? Or was it Porsche it was. North America? I was, it was Porsche, I, Porsche AG. I, I can just imagine how that conversation went. Fascist us. Very funny. Ha ha. Yeah. Yeah. Bye bye, bro. <laughs> no, you can't well, do so, that. You can't do. You're not allowed to do a German accent. That's not allowed. I know. Well, the deal. In England, my friend. But here's the crazy part, guys. So, one, well, they're in the person I was talking to, they're based in Austria. Not that, that makes any difference. 
Um, but she was Scottish. So, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. So let's see your Scottish yeah. accent, Mark. I was waiting. <laughs> I'm thinking, hang on. <laughs> I'm, I'm just back, just back pedal a step. I am allowed to do a German accent because my mother's German. And, uh, yeah. and even better, war, ex-war refugee. Oh, wow. I've got, I've got all, 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 I can tick all the boxes. You know what I mean? So, all the yeah, but, but one, but one you can't tick. My wife has Scottish a Scottish accent. accent. My, my oh, wife has really? a Scottish accent. Yeah. She's not actually Scottish, but she does have a Scottish accent. But you just grew up in a household full of Scottish people? What, what happened uh, no, she was very, very young and she moved to Scotland and she lived there till she was 14 and then moved down south and didn't lose her Scottish accent. I, I, I get the impression it's that right. accent that will never go away once you've, once you've got it. Well, I don't know, because it gets stronger when she's drunk. Oh, look, I was just going to ah. ask. <laughs> oh, talking, about, talking, about, talking about getting drunk. I know someone else that's not a, that doesn't mind a bit of whiskey or scotch. Is it? I, that, that might be me. I think that's me. Whiskey, scotch. <laughs> we did have a conversation before the podcast about so, someone's doing uh, what we in what we here what we here in uh, Australia called Dry July. But Brock's going to go dry for March. Is that right, Brock? Yeah, yeah. Actually, it's technically not March. It's like March eighth to to April eighth. It's just. I picked a random 30 days that, that felt appropriate. I genuinely thought you were going to say March 8th to March 9th then. Uh, yeah, could have been that. But I'm doing good. I'm doing good so far. I'm surrounded by, oh, is- surrounded by drinkers. and I'm doing good. Your wife's so suckling just- beer doesn't help, does it? <laughs> so I was just going to say, because at... Amelia, oh no, if I, am I about to say where Brock's been before we ask him? Yeah, do it. Yeah, you have been around a lot of alcohol the last few days. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you. Um, yeah. Been a, I, I went out to Florida uh, to speak at the Porsche winemaker's dinner. I mean, that was the, that was the like actual thing. And and if I had the photo for you guys, I wish I could have like something to show it to you. I we get to the table, and I'm not kidding you. I think the table sat eight. I bet there were 40 empty glasses on the table. And I'm like, it looks like somebody's already had a party here. But no, no. Their goal was to fill all of those glasses for us throughout the night and then expect me to get up on stage and talk <laughs> coherently. Brilliant. Tell Brilliant me, did you, did you get up and make a prick of yourself? No, actually, uh, I think I did pretty good. I, I looked nice. I did look a little rosy, um, but uh, I, I think it went pretty well. I was I was sandwiched in between uh, two beautiful Porsche women and uh, and Ray Schaefer doing the emceeing. It was a it was a great experience. I did. Um, I did notice. Yeah, Laura was there. And yep. first, I didn't recognize her without her sneakers on. Right, right. And, <laughs> glasses. Yeah, exactly. And then I messaged her and I said, who's that guy sat next to you? I thought he was supposed to be Brock. Who's that guy in the suit sat next to you? I thought Brock was yeah. supposed to be there. Oh. <laughs> that was, hey guys, that was the suit for my wedding. I only have one suit. I'm like, I'm just going to wear this. I hope they're okay with me. And then Magnus shows up and he's wearing his red flannel and, and worn out jeans and destroyed Nike kicks. And I was like, I should have just worn my camping gear. Yeah, that's he would have worn that it? like a badge of honor. Yeah. 
I don't think you changed. I, I mean, I love the man. I don't think you changed his clothes the whole the whole time we were there. It was amazing, incredible. <laughs> just jealous. See, I, I was going to say because I said to you as well. Yeah, tell him he needs to come on the podcast. I said to Lara as well, and she went. He stopped yeah. talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I can't help noticing we're all wearing hoodies. Yeah, and I always think to that end, I actually had to get out of bed very early in the morning. I thought you wouldn't have appreciated me sitting here in my singlet. Uh, uh, (laughs) 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 I only own one hoodie. And I wear it generally during either Mark's Frozen, um, generally during uh, when, I'm, when I'm doing something in the garden, I'm working on the car, I'm doing some DIY. And today I'm really hot and bothered because I have been smashing up a concrete floor in the lounge. And I've literally just gone, oh, crap, I'm supposed to be on a podcast and run upstairs, which is why I was a little and bit you late. literally only have one hoodie. I have really? One hoodie, that's true? Yeah. That's true, yeah. Wow. I have a collection of hoodies that spans at least a decade. Wow. This is only the second one I've ever owned. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I mean, I have two of these. (laughs) Type 7. They're good ones. They're good ones. Yeah. That's a good hoodie. They did a good job with these. I was impressed. Yeah, because my wife always says to me that when I go and buy something, when I buy a pair of trousers, I buy... Um, you know, a pair of shoes. I take a really long time, and she always says, "Why?" She's in five minutes and buys two pairs, and done. I said, "You destroy yours in like a week." Whereas I have the same you know, sneakers, trainers, the same shoes for like five, ten years. And then to prove my point, I said to her, "The belt that I own, which is the only belt yeah. that I own, um, I've had since I was 18. <laughs> oh man, that's amazing! <laughs> and she's like. Why, why do you only have that belt? And I went, why would I need another one? It's a black belt. Why would I need another one? It's a black leather belt. To go with your shoes. That. I, I, like, I like that. Yeah, but I have tan shoes, so. You wear black belt with tan shoes? Yeah, you've got to mix it up sometimes. There's no rules. There's no rules. What do you mean, do you mean sometimes? Right? It's every time for you by the sounds of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just mixed up. It's mixed I'll up. Yeah. That- I, I own about four or five hoodies, I think. I'm not a big hoodie wearer. But, Ajmal, I'm going to give you a bit of a um, social media tip here about hoodies. I've got an amazing quality, incredible quality martini racing hoodie that was sent to me by Ooh. Porsche Exclusive. When I sent them a email, it just said, love your product, do this podcast and my YouTube channels, YouTube focus, uh, Porsche focus, any chance getting some support for the channel? No, thank you for your inquiry. But as a token of our appreciation for, for uh, you know, contacting us, boom, it's about a $250 hoodie, this thing. Of course it is. It's a Porsche one, right? Stunning. Oh, yeah. yeah, have a go at it. We oh. all have a freebie. You could end up. Yeah, but in that vein, two. in that vein, so Brock, I don't know if you know this about me, but. I am just a tiny bit anti-SUV. Okay. And especially when people talk about... (laughs) Well, well, no, especially when people talk about sports SUVs. And it's Uh, weird because it's a sports SUV. The S is for sports. 
<laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And then people yeah. go, well, you know, it's a uh, Macan. You know, it started. It's did it start with the Cayenne or was it the X5M and then the ML Mercedes? Which one started it? Like the super 500 brake horsepower ones. Which one was it? Um, I think it was the Cayenne. I think the Cayenne was the first, and then the the X5 4.8 IS was was right there. Well, okay, and then around complex. about the same time was the Mercedes ML AMG the, one. The ML, it? yeah, the ML 55 was that ML, yeah. yeah. And they were all that kind of around the f- 550 brake horsepower and things like that. And yeah. the, the more power that they get and the more they are, sort of you make them as a all-in-one power, you know, sports car, things like that, the, the less sports utility bit that it, there is because it's not a utility anymore because it's got thin tires, hard suspension, all of that. And True. so I've been a little bit anti saying, well, you know, if I want a 911, I'm never going to get that experience in any kind of SUV. Yeah. So, I mean, Marcus, well, Marcus challenged me to, you know, I've not driven a new SUV, so challenge me, go, well, go and drive one. So, in that vein, I did contact uh, Porsche GB, who are down the road from me. And you've and, got a very uh, mechanic in the driveway, haven't you? No, they, they're going to give me a mechanic on Monday. Hey. For, for an hour or something. I don't know what model it's going to be. It's probably going to be like a four cylinder, whatever. I don't it's, care. It's still good. Oh, yeah. Mark's frozen. Ooh. Uh, how am I? Am I good? Yeah, you're good. Mark's back. All right. But yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to doing a video, driving it, coming back, reporting back, and you know yeah. I'll be reporting back. It's a great car. It's amazing, but it's not. It's no sports car. <laughs> It's shit. No, I won't say it's shit. No, I can't say that beforehand. Anyone listening to Porsche, I'm really sorry. I didn't mean that. When he, when he, <laughs> when he, <laughs> stop sucking up. It's too late, Ojeval. <laughs> I'm going with an open mind. I'm going with an open mind. I mean it. It's true. <laughs> hey, guys, I, I understand that. I um, I test drove right when it came out, uh, 2004. Um Sorry, I just watched a person behind me give another person the finger as they were driving by. Um, so, <laughs> totally distracting. Um, the 04 Turbo Cayenne, uh, the day that the, the dealer got it here, and that was from me going from an 04 Turbo 911. So, really? I, I felt that I had, you know, judgment. And I was open to the idea. I'm like, okay, I think this could be a, a spectacular car. Um, and what was amazing to me, at least then, and I, and I actually haven't driven any of the new Cayennes. I've got a, an 09. Um, but the seating position felt very Porsche. The steering wheel felt pretty Porsche, except it was ugly. Um, and, you know, going into a corner, a 25 mile an hour corner at 60, uh, in something like 6,000 pounds. And then it handled pretty much like the 911 was mind blowing. Like, I have like, how do they do this? This is black magic. It's unreal. So I think besides the weight factor of these, these, these SUVs, um, it's pretty insane what they have managed to accomplish with these big rigs. Oh, so my question to you would be, so imagine you had one right now. You didn't have your 911. Yeah. Would you ever think, would you ever wake up on a Sunday morning really early? I'm going to go for a blast around the, around the winding roads in my SUV Turbo S? Uh, no, I would choose the 911. Nine, See, nine, there you go. Yeah, 10 out of 10 times. There's yeah. just, yeah, it, it is, I 100% agree with you on that. 
Um, now, if I had, you know, a Range Rover in the driveway and a, a Cayenne GTS in the driveway, um, and, and that was my only two options, I'd be like, I'm going to go out for a blast. Like you can go out for a blast and keep up with the other guys. Like there's no issues there, but there is a different experience when you're sitting low and it's, it just feels like you're on the road a little bit more in a sports car. I mean, that's just part of it. Yep. That doesn't mean that the, the SUVs can't perform like them. It's just that they don't necessarily feel like them. Yep. Um, now, I think that's, yeah. that's, you've kind of hit the nail on the head. It's that feeling of, because you're so much closer to the road in a 911 or a car of yep. that type. And yep. even when in, a, in an SUV, you're sat quite low down, but you're in a high up car. So you don't yep. get that weight shifting. You don't get the low down experience. And it doesn't need to be as fast. You know, my 911 is... 23, 24 years old, and it's got 300 brake horsepower. It's not massive, but it's just the way it feels. Um, yep. And I, I feel I might have broken it, though, today when I got in. Um, I want to say something controversial, but interrupt this, because we're going to come back oh to God. you breaking your car, right? Okay. This point you're bringing up about the comparison of your 911 to the SUV. And yep. the reason it's controversial is because of the name of our podcast, so I'm going to chuck a rock in here, right? And that is... That's your 911 feels like that SUV when you've driven a Lotus Elise in the same environment. I agree with that because I've driven those back to back. If that's that's your comparison, if that's your reasoning for selecting the 911 as your preferred drive, you know, every point you've just brought up, the Lotus Elise meets that criteria to a better metric than the 911 as the comparison against the KN Turbo. But the Lotus Elise is is an it's a narrower still band, isn't it? Because you know when you, as yeah, you get the sports SUV as, is the big band, the nine eleven, yeah, and the nine eleven gets narrower because it's still kind of well. I tell you, I keep telling my wife it's a practical family car, and that but that band is narrower and it's more on the yeah exactly on the sports <laughs> side, whereas. Whereas, um, you know, the Elise is, is so narrow. It's not particularly comfortable. You can't go cruise long journeys in it. And it's, you know, if, if you have to put the roof up or take it down, you know, you're there trying to work it out for half an hour. So it's a but, but it's a fantastic car. I've not driven one, but I've known people who've owned them. And every time they sell it, they go on about, I wish I'd never done that. I wish I could get another one. But it's, it's a very, it's for, it has one purpose almost. Yeah, um, that's true. That's, I agree with that. So you're right. But to that, then I guess really what we're talking about the 911 isn't talking about how good a sports car it is or how good a, it's more a case of it's got the sweet spot of that bandwidth of use, doesn't it? It does. And I, I will say that, you know, even in that conversation, if I had a 992 sitting in the driveway and a 69 911 in the driveway and I wanted to go out for a Sunday morning rip, I'm probably taking the 69 because I agree with that. The, the, you know, because they're, because the new nine elevens, I mean, even maybe if it was the nine, nine, six, even the four S my four S I'd probably take the 69 because I feel like as the cars get newer, they get heavier. And, and they, I mean, that really is to me, it's the weight, like the feeling of the weight. I don't care what kind of magic you perform on the suspension or, you know, what kind of, whatever you're doing, the car is heavier and you almost always feel that I've never been in a new car that feels light because it's not. That point is really good. Cause I think it's probably the same for Mark. So Marv, I've got a 1966 Porsche 912 
so you know looks like the really cool 60s Porsches but it's got the 356 engine in and on a Sunday morning I'd always take I'd always take that out for a blast rather than the 996 and you know it's in the cold light today it's not very powerful it's not very fast but it it gives me that people talk about the fizz I'm not going to talk about the fizz but it gives me that feeling of it's the it's the noise it's the smell it's the terror the slight I'm not totally in control oh my god I might lose it around this bend that feeling it gives me all of those in abundance and like I said before you know the being on the wrong side of the car being a dog leg first not having any seat belts all of that just adds to the like just the something it gives you it gets your heart rate going and I, that's what I love about it great here now what have you right, done so in your 996 um so the 996 now neither of you are going to identify with this so I got in it today I was going to go to my favorite coffee shop and have a sit down look out the window watch the world go by and I got in and I fired it up and it's always parked on an incline on my driveway so the front's facing up and um, it just didn't sound right. And uh, I, I opened the door to listen and it was knocking, it was clicking, it was ticking, it was everything. So as, you know, any normal p- person would do, I still drove off in it. So I went, <laughs> I went off in the car and I thought, well, you know, <laughs> what I need to do, I thought, is just rip it around the country lanes and that should fix it. So I went to the coffee shop. I got there. I parked up and I opened the door and it had stopped making that noise. Uh, I went in and I was in there for about an hour, an hour and a half, you know, did my correspondence, had a couple of coffees, had a couple of pastries, came back out, checked the oil. It hasn't got any oil in it. That will do it. I haven't, I haven't checked the oil for about eight months, nine months, maybe 10. What? <laughs> so, <laughs> what? Oh, man. So, but the thing is, it's the ones I did. Um, so when I put, you know, when it comes up, it does the the little countdown for five seconds. Yeah. And it tells yeah. you how much oil is in there. I ignore that because I'm always parked on a slope. And the other week I went out and I knew I was going to park in a car park. So I left a post-it note for myself on the steering wheel to um, remind me, let it count down and look at how much oil there is and, and check the oil. But my daughter got in and she clambered over this, all the seats and kicked the, the post-it Post note off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I forgot. Um, obviously, that doesn't really excuse the previous nine and a half months where I didn't check it either um, and where it's been my everyday car. So, yeah, um, I still think it's going to be okay. I'm going to put the all in tomorrow mm-hmm. and I, th- I reckon I'll be fine. Yeah, you'll so be fine, Ashmel. If yeah, there's a car you are going to be fine in, that will be it. Yeah, exactly. I was going to go and see they Jack. Are, so, sorry, go on, bro. No, they're very resilient. I mean, I, I will say that. Like, people are like, oh, no, it's a time bomb. But no, they're they're very resilient vehicles. I mean, consider what I do with mine. You can yeah, do really, really crazy things, include run the oil out for a short period of time. See, uh, I agree uh, with that. Uh, because, no, because I've known people who've got, because, you know, when, the, when it's all working right, the temperature gauge is bang in that middle on the 80 between the yeah. eight and the zero. And it, it just stays there. It doesn't matter what the temperature is doing outside. And I was going up the motorway and I was going to Lee Sibley, whose um, guy runs a, a, an yeah. event over here called, um, what's it called? 
fried eggs, uh, just fried a 996 eggs. event. And I thought I'll go along to that. I've never been to one. And I'm driving and it's like 35 degrees outside and I'm halfway up the highway motorway. And it shifts, the gauge shifts about a quarter up, but stays there. So I've still got an hour and a half to get there. So I carry on. I get there and I think, I wonder what that is. So I do a bit of Googling uh, and then think nothing of it and then get back in and drive the two and a half hours back. Um, and it just, it doesn't go over the, you know, every now and again, I put the heater on like hot and I bring it back just to see if it will come back. And then I just carry on. I come back and then I go and see Jack and he just says, look, you've just fried the transistor of the first fan that should come on. Right. So it's just running. It's waiting until the second fan comes on. Um, yeah, so true. it's true. Yeah. So it's not overheating. You've just fried this transistor on the. Listen guys, I did the the exact same thing happened to me. Um, and when I was down in Southern California on this monster road trip and, uh, oh, hang on a second. I'm in the car right now. Well, I'm going to check my oil while I'm at it. <laughs> it's full. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I was on this big road trip down to Southern California and, um, the same thing happened to me is the, both of my radiator fans failed. Both of them. Who would have thought? You know, when you're driving 80 miles an hour and it's, you know, 110 degrees out, of course, it's going to run a little warmer. Um, but I was also running my AC. And when the radiator fans fail and you're running your AC, it's not cooling the condenser. It caused my AC con compressor to overheat, which caused the bearings to seize, which caused the belt to basically just bind up. And then all sorts of terrible things happen. Um, but we replaced both the radiator fans, the resistors and the AC compressor and the car runs now at like dead 180, like everywhere I go, it is no matter what the temperature is outside. So check your radiator fans. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> mine, mine. Makes a huge and exactly. your oil. Yeah. Oil, oil needs to be, needs to be checked. I shall, um, I shall, I shall take care of that tomorrow. But anyway, I yes. want to hear about, I mean, I want to hear more about, because the Amelia Island event, oh. the annual event, anyone who's anyone is there, aren't they? Anyone who's anyone. It was, in the, in, it was pretty surreal. So I haven't been in 12 years, 13 years. Oh. Um, so quite a while. I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a trip for me and it's a big trip for me. And so, you know, I got this call from Porsche and they're like, Hey, we'd love you to come out. Um, we're doing this winemakers dinner and we're going to have a forum panel where we can talk and, and figure out like what inspires you, what drives you to, 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 you know, be part of this brand and have these cars. And, uh, we, we want you to come out and speak at it. I'm like, okay, that sounds great. And we want you to come out for the whole week. I'm like, sounds terrific. We want to put you up in the Ritz Carlton. Okay. Okay. I'll come. <laughs> So, so here I am there, you know, we want to fly you out first class. We want to, you know, it's like, okay, this is great. You know, I, I, I finally, I finally made it in the world. Right. And I get out there and, you know, I know that I've got some reach. I know that I've got, you know, a little bit of influence in the Porsche community. I understand that. But what I, what didn't register with me was how many other mega Porsche icons we're going to be there. Like everybody, anybody who's anybody from all over the world is at this event. It was incredible. Never. And, and of course it was, you know, PCA is doing works reunion out there. So it was, you know, 
that going on and it was the reveal of the 996 club sport um which by the way is incredible we should definitely talk about that i probably spent no, no, three hours yeah 996 so you know porsche has their special wishes program mm, yep uh last year they did the project gold which was the uh the 993 turbo s that um basically porsche classic and and special wishes built um of all of the like last bits of 993 pieces that were sitting around the factory um and then this year the project was the 996 which was fitting because it's the 25th anniversary of the 996 but let me give you this quick rundown on this car so it started off as a base 996 and i think it was a 99 um and they sent it to Porsche germany to essentially rebuild the car um but make it and not just rebuild it, but make it a new car. And they did everything from taking the entire GT3 drivetrain. So motor, like full drivetrain is all GT3. Suspension is GT3. Brakes are GT3. Um, body panels have been updated. Um, the front fenders have special badges on them. They weren't just sticking on, but they actually made little, they're like embedded into the fenders. Um, the let's see the the roof you guys the roof is a double bubble roof like they actually put a whole new roof on the car which is really subtle and you'd never notice it ducktail spoiler um what else do we have going on here exterior wise fuchs wheels uh incredible wheels i mean you name it every single nut and bolt has been touched on this car and they actually built two they built and they did it proper they built one as a test mule and then, you know, so they could do all these things. And then they took all the stuff that was the test mule car and essentially put it into a brand new 996. And if you were following my stories uh, at all during, during Amelia, you saw the interior of this car and it is incredible. I mean, we're talking uh, leather weave door panels, leather weave seat inserts, um, wrap dash contrast stitching everything you can imagine that would make this car modern was done like it is matching luggage all for the 996 i was so proud when we were there watching this <laughs> watching this whole thing go on um and it's for pca so it's going to stay eventually it's going to stay here in the u.s but i think it's going to do its uh, little world tour um over the next year or so so you guys will probably get up, up close and, and personal with it one of these days. Because it's it's um, it's like Singer-esque, isn't it, to that level of detail that they've done it? Oh, it's better than that. I mean, really, and I don't just say that. Like, this is the finest example of a 996 that you could possibly have. And it's built straight at the factory. Like, every little piece has been touched by hand. Um, wow. You couldn't. Like, it's, it is unbelievable. I've, I've, I bet you there's already people building their own on for social media they'll they'll be appearing tribute ones that will look like that with the sale it's kind of crayon color isn't it yeah but what what people it's almost that chalk like that chalk yeah. color but it's got a bit of a blue hue to it and then and i wish i knew off the top of my head what the color is but then what you don't see is it also has metallic in it so when you look closely at the car there's this glimmer in the paint that you don't see and i didn't see it until the second day um when the sun hit it just perfect and it's got super i mean just great depth 
Um, yeah, guys, it's, it's amazing. And I'm, I will say outside of probably the Porsche, the guys that have built it, I probably spent more time staring at that car and drooling on that car than anyone else at Amelia. Um, talked to a couple of the guys that were very, very integral in the development of it. Um, nobody, only two people knew exactly what the car was going to look like at the end. Two people wow. during the entire process. It took them four years to build this car. Wow. So this has been going on for four years um, from like concept to finish. And they did it in such a top secret fashion where one person would get this assignment to do for the car and the other person would get this assignment to do for the car. And then one person would get the assemble part of the, those two assignments and then it would go to the next person. So nobody ever knew what it was really going to look like until the very no. end. It was a really great process and probably a logistical oh. nightmare for everybody involved. Oh, wow. I mean, Mark, have you seen it? I haven't. Oh, it's, it's, it's something, it's something even, even on social media when you see it and I've seen it in Brock stories and I've seen it on other people who've posted have been, been there. It, it's really something to behold. And you have to, it's like Brock says, you have to look at it a long time to take in what's what they've yeah. done to it. Cause it, it's, it's easy to dismiss it and say, well, it's a, it's a fancy color and it's fancy wheels and it's a, got a different stance and a ducktail, but you have to really, really take in the, the, the minute detail that they've gone into to create that thing. Um, I mean, it's, it's only just better than mine, but they've done a lot yeah, of work. Only just, it. yeah. It's only because <laughs> yeah. yours needs a wash. That's the only yeah, difference. It might need some oil and a wash. Well. That's the only difference, yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the other thing that was a real privilege for me is uh, I got to speak with Grant Larson for, I bet, a total of three hours while I was there. Wow. Oh, really? Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know if he was trying to get away from me or not, but he, there was no way he was getting away from me. I yeah, picked his brain. Following him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was getting weird because I'd go somewhere and like, I would see him and he would just kind of give me this, like, <laughs> <laughs> like I can't get into a conversation again, but I was upset. I mean, I wasn't, obs I was kind of obsessed. All right. But the guys, the guy designed all of the cars and had such an integral part of, of the Boxster and the 996 and, and I mean the Carrera GT and like these cars that are such so important to me and my passion for the brand. I wanted to know everything, everything about them. And I got all of that. I mean, we talked about roof racks. We talked about, you know, I mean, of course we talk about roof racks, but the nine nine the 986 roof racks to the 996 and the 914 roof racks and how that inspired um, some of the, the process between how the, the racks mounted to the 986. Like they were like, we got into so much detail about Porsche and that generation. It was, it was epic. Like highlight of my, how, highlight of my, uh, my time out there. I mean, how often do you, would you get the opportunity? Why not? You know, really, really oh, ask yeah. every question that you've got brewing around in your head. And even like you say, two hours later, you realize there's another question and you wait, <laughs> if I see him again, I'm going to go and ask him. Like nobody was getting away and we were all captive, you know, at Amelia, which was terrific. Like it was just one icon after another, you know, walking up and, and talking with the CEO of, of Porsche was wild. Like just, you know, having that ability to do that was really, really cool. And everybody, everybody wanted to talk and have a conversation it, nobody was avoiding anything. And, and again, it was like, it was people from all over the world. It was, it was the, the biggest collectors, it was the, you know, the biggest builders, like everybody had, had something to share. And it was one of those events that 
you know, my first time years and years and years ago, I was just a kid, like in awe about everything. And, you know, going back to it now, you know, I got to have these conversations with these people that have really influenced my love for the brand. And it answered a lot of questions that I always wondered, you know, just like little things that about the culture and, and the family behind it. And it was just, it just confirmed all the things that I'd always believed. It was an amazing event. And there were some good cars there too. It just coupled. Couple. <laughs> oh my God. So how many, you know, because on when I look at it on social media, obviously social media is an echo chamber of uh, your thoughts and, and um, thinking and feelings because you, you're the people that you follow. And it feels like you guys were in a proper Porsche bubble while you were there. Oh, because man. Because there's a lot goes on there, doesn't, doesn't there? Yeah, it was, it was a never-ending array of events. I mean, you've got Gooding & Co.'s uh, auctions. You've got Sotheby's auctions. You've got, um, you know, obviously the Porsche events. The Works Reunion was going on, and that was definitely a Porsche bubble. Um, you got the winemaker's dinner. You've got the community in cars, which is like the shit cars that are actually like, if, if, if it's under, you know, a million, it can be there, but above, you know, 250,000, you know, that kind of thing. Like it can, it can be on the lawn. <laughs> and then you've got Radwood, um, which was another great, you guys know what Radwood is? You guys got I've it. heard of it. Okay. Yeah. So Radwood is like the eighties and nineties icons, um, all on a car show. And it's it like, it, it's just, a, it's a great, it's a great part of it. Um, and then of course you've got the Concours d'Elegance. And that is just this mind-blowing automotive experience of being able to walk up to, you know, type 57 Bugattis and, you know, every Lamborghini, every, you know, everything, everything was there, except the one car I didn't see was a McLaren F1. Oh, wow. Yep. I was, and maybe I missed it. I don't know. There was a lot of things to look at, but it, I didn't see a single McLaren F1 the entire time I was there. Because that's a, that's a million dollar car, isn't it? <laughs> that's like a thirty million dollar car. Well, yeah. Holy cow! <laughs> it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, and what's really wild is there's one in a garage not far from me that I can go and see anytime I want. Um, but that's that's what's wild is like I here we are like some of the rarest cars in the world, but no McLaren F1. It just it gave me so much more respect for that car as well. <clears throat> wow, it's not really the type of car that is really considered a concourse style car though is it you know when you think it'd be like going to a concourse and seeing say a Countach again right. not really a con yeah these you know I guess iconic hyper cars of the era is probably the, what I'm yeah. thinking of here they're not they don't lend themselves to the artistic beauty that is typical of a concourse you know like right you you, got, you gave the Bugatti Type 57 as an example. That is a concourse yeah. car. You know, and the crazy part about that brand. one is it was street. It was street parked. It wasn't <laughs> even in the concourse. It was parked in the parking lot. Like it was, and it was a real. Yeah. I I couldn't believe it. I'm like, the guys are actually driving this. It was amazing. So in regards to what you're saying about concourse, the concourse d'Elegance versus the uh, these other cars. So Haggerty is has taken over. Um, Amelia, like they've purchased Amelia Island or the, the Concours d'Elegance, and there's two parts to it. There's the um, the Concours d'Elegance, and then there's the sport side. So they were actually giving out two ah. best in shows. One was for the sport, and one was for the 
we'll just call it the, I can't remember what they were calling it, but it was basically the museum the historic, pieces. Yeah. The museum pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the sport went to a Cadillac, you know, Lamar winning, whatever supercar, you know, new one. And then the, uh, the, the classic side, you know, the, the Concourse side went for, um, I want to say it was a, a Duesenberg, um, Ooh. which was a beautiful piece as well. Yeah, guys, it was, doozy, it was never doozy, as they say. The doozies were they were a doozy. Because <laughs> yeah. it took it took me a long time to realize that that's where the, when people say, "Well, that's a doozy," <laughs> it was you know I must yeah, have been really. like you know twenty twenty two or something like that. When I went, hang on, that's a car, a doozenberg. Because <laughs> you know I was it was a long time ago. We were in a bubble. Everything was made of stone. And uh, I'm pretty yeah. sure ninety nine percent of people that are alive today, probably ninety percent of people, don't understand that that's where that phrase came from. Oh wow. Well, oh, Mark, they do Mark, have, they do have their listen to Porsche Talk podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They do now. Did you ever watch the TV show where that Jay Leno used to have this half hour TV show um, about his yeah. talk show? Not nothing. Oh, Jay Leno's garage. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, yeah, that one. And he had this guy uh, turn up and he would make him guess which car it was by being a passenger in it. Yeah, love it. And yeah, and he, how did he, you know, he got in and he and he sat there in silence. He's got a shaved head, big guy. And he, he sat there and he's thinking, he's got this blindfold on and he's gone, I think it's a Duesenberg. And I thought, how, how do you, unless you spend all time around it? And I don't think he did. He's just an expert on cars. And I thought, how do you, how do you work that out? How do you know that from the sound and the smell? I think that that is, that's a very interesting um, oddly, I can, I can kind of see how that's possible because I think if you, I mean, obviously this guy spent an enormous amount of time around cars and he's sat in everything. Otherwise there's yeah. no way he would know. But if, if you ask me to blindfold me and put me into a, a 996, I would be able to tell you it's a 996. I can, you know, just sit there. If I could, if I was able to touch the steering wheel, I'd tell you in a second, but otherwise I could probably feel it out. Um, if you put me into a, an eighties BMW that, you know, I can tell you by the smell that it was an eighties BMW. Um, and I, that's the really wild part is we were there. And of course I, I, cause I've got an old M five. Um, and I know that smell and I know that feel I, and some of, there were a couple other M fives there and some E thirties and windows were down and I'd stick my head in and I'd be like, yep, it's a, you know, <laughs> smells like an old BMW. Um, so I think that's a very realistic thing. Like if you spend enough time around cars, there's some, the leathers smell a certain way. Put me in a, a, an old Bentley and I can tell you what an old Bentley smells like too. It smells like wet sheep and leather. Well, the thing that I, I guess that confused me, not confused me, amazed me the most was because obviously it's a really old car and it didn't have doors. That probably was a giveaway for him, uh, when he yeah. got in and it didn't have a roof. It barely had a windscreen. So he's, you know, going down the high street and he's in this car, there's tons of noise. And yeah. And I was thinking, well, he can't smell anything because he's outside yeah. and the wind's blowing. Um, but I guess when it when it first fired up, he would have smelt it. He would have he's yeah. pretty, he had his hand on it. So he would have gone, hang on, how many cars have this? Because it's in his head, I guess he just went through a process of elimination, didn't he? And he yeah. went, Okay, this is one of whatever number of cars that you sit in like this and then he just yeah. works his way through and i think he asked for two questions about the number of cylinders and stuff like that and then he got it 
I was about to say, yeah. but it's probably it's probably about four car brands ever that use a V16 motor, which that thing would have inevitably <laughs> had, right? The doozy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and they all and, and that that's there is a very special sound to those. I mean, I I heard so many of them over the weekend. Like I was just amazed. Like I can't tell you. Highly recommend hitting up Amelia for those kinds. Of- if you could, if you could get me a, if you could get me a first class ticket and you know stay at the Ritz, uh, yeah. I'm I'm down for that. I'm you're totally there. Afraid. You're there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm there. <laughs> if I get me those two I'll things, it out, I'm anywhere. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. We might have to put you in a shipping container, though. That's the yeah. Way. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know if I can do that unless you know I'm sat <laughs> in like uh, you know a unless it's a five star. A five-star shipping container. Yeah, I get I get motion sickness as well, so which is not good. <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, yeah, that would not be good. <laughs> yeah. Brock, after being over there during the auctions that were on, yeah. and with what's happening with online auctions these days with motor vehicles, you, you know, with bringing a trailer and collecting cars and those sort of things, how relevant? How much longer do you think those auction houses are relevant to the market? Eddie, just your own opinion. <clears throat> Um, I think they're pretty relevant, actually. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of watching the money laundering that happens on Bring a Trailer. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, that was a hilarious topic of conversation with so many people, actually, that were that were out there. Was the craziness that's happening on Bring a Trailer. Um, but I will say that I think the experience of being at those auctions and seeing the cars in person uh, is worth it. And I think that those auction houses will survive because of that. There were quite a few young people. It wasn't just a bunch of, you know, old stuffy men, you know, buying these decamillion dollar cars. Um, And, you know, going to the the auctions and and experiencing that, um, when I win the lottery here in in the next couple of months, I'll definitely be doing those experiences. Without yeah, good, good. Um, yeah, the right yeah. thing to do. It's the right thing to do because um, you're right. Because like Mark, you're saying that you know how relevant would they be? But I think what will happen is they'll still be an event because they they're more an event, aren't they? And they are the, very the online. Yeah, and the, and the you know people on the phone, people online. They'll it will still have the broad appeal. And remember when auctions used to be, it depends on who's in the room. Will will define yeah. how much that car sells for, whereas that's no longer a, a thing. So people now go there for the event, and when it's something like you know Amelia Island, I, I think that will just it, tradition will mean that it has to happen forevermore. But it will broaden who's able to bid. You know, and in regards to that, um, I was ta- I've talked with a few people out there, and they felt that Amelia was dying. They thought the the event itself was was aging terribly, and and it was becoming very boring. Um, and just kind of stagnant. Um, when now that Haggerty has taken over, um, it has it's back. Like it's definitely one of those events that is luxurious and you know just iconic. They've done a phenomenal job of of making you it feel ultra special again. So I think that's a huge win for that that community. Because they've got to, they've got to evolve, or like you say, they they evolve or they die. And yeah. when people, when the people who attend, and there's there's people who'll be there, you know, who'll have been there for the last 20, 25 years, and they will they will say, yeah. well, actually, it's 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 not changed. Some there'll be a, a division, won't there? Some will say it's not changed, and that's a great thing. Others will say, oh yeah. my god, it's not changed, it's going to die. And and it, those people need to win out because 
like you say, if there's young people going there and there's, you know, and they're getting people, they're not just looking at old money. They're looking at people who like you and, and you know, like Lara Magnus who go out there and influence people and who are, let's face it, you know, brand ambassadors for this huge brand and other, there'll be others who are ambassadors for other brands. If they don't encourage those people to come and then people who are being influenced by those people don't encourage those people to come, then, then it would die. Yeah. And I, and I, I'm proud just to influence people to go to those events, especially after seeing this one. It, it, it was just such a good thing. And it wasn't just, it was really a community getting together. And I will say post COVID, um, I think I can say that now. Um, I, it's one of those events that everybody's like, I've got to go. Like, I've got to be there. I have to be part of this. It was the first one we're back. You know, people have kind of thrown caution to the wind and figured, you know what, I'm going to go out and live. And that's really what this event felt like because it was a party every single night. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> wow. And you weren't drinking. Uh, not after the not after night two. <laughs> that's what, I think that's what actually just gave me the dry march going on. I'm like, I, I'm sure. done. Like, I, can't, I cannot consume anymore. Uh, oh, just couldn't do it. See, I think over here, it might be the same in the US and Australia. It's uh, people do dry January. Right. Yeah, we do that. Here. And yeah, and you know, <laughs> people always do that. And I and I've never done it. I've never done it. because uh, yeah, I always think I. it's it's the deepest, darkest month of the year. Um and yeah, so I just think, yeah, I need something to get me through it. And it's, you know, alcohol and and when people go, I'm gonna do a, have a new year's resolution, you know. I for the last few years, my new year's resolution has been to swear more because I just thought it would be a good thing to do to, but I can't do that now because I've got children. Um, yeah. But it, there's always that thing of, I, I don't do, I don't stop doing anything. And I always grow a beard in January. Yeah. Well, it's straight out. Well, we have dry July. Dry? I mean, cause that's basically like dry, dry January for us. Yeah. So it's the opposite side of the year. I'm the opposite side of the yeah. world. So ours is in the deepest, darkest month as well. Yeah. But the, um, more and more people seem to be doing it in November for some reason. I think it's the uh, I think they're trying to uh, cleanse their system before the impact of the holidays and the Christmas here because Christmas and summer are the same time in the, for us, so it's right. a big break. Like the school kids have their summer and Christmas holiday one go. You know, it's like eight weeks off or something, whatever it is. You know, so it's just amazing. I'm Compared to what goes on in the north, you know, the northern hemisphere. I've got, I've got a dumb question, Mark. Yes. So, having not been to Australia, yes. So, when it's Christmas and it's like you know fifty degrees outside, mm. uh, do the Christmas cards still have snow on them? <laughs> it's like, yeah, because they're all printed in uh, in China. Yes, they do. <laughs> now, in all seriousness, it's it's pretty much the norm to see a Christmas card with a version of Father Christmas on it. And Father Christmas has got zinc cream on, he's got flip-flops on, and he's in a pair of board shorts, and he's got the top on. You know, that's, you know, and, and uh, you know, and his hat's got a peak on it, or and he's got a floppy hat on, you know. So. Mark, I, Mark, I expect a Christmas card from you this year. <laughs> okay. And it better be Santa in board shorts and sunscreen. Yeah. Like that. There's, there's yeah. plenty of them. Yeah, okay, plenty of them. And, and he's going to say, it's going to say, I'm sweating like a galloping stallion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to give you a, look, I know this isn't a topic of conversation, but 
it is the norm for our Christmas ritual is we typically get up, you know, we've got a young daughter, so Christmas starts about 5 a.m. like it would at your house, Ajmal, right? By six, we go by the six, we're at the beach and we're normally home by about seven, seven thirty oh, in the morning. Because oh, after that it just gets a bit too hot at the beach anyway at Christmas because like you said, 50 degrees is a good example. Christmas day is typically quite hot, you know. But yeah, we have, and it's and like in years gone by, we'll have Christmas breakfast instead of Christmas lunch, and our our meals for Christmas are cold foods or seafoods or those types of things. We don't have it's the not traditional. Turkey. Yeah, oh, very rarely. Like you might do that once every ten years or something when you've got some special family members over or something. But we just don't have that obligation, and it's the dinner. The Christmas dinner is more of a communal thing for the family where everybody brings a plate. It's not the thing that you see on tv where one family is responsible for inviting everyone and you know destroying a household can i can i say something controversial about christmas i'm not going to blaspheme the lord or anything um but isn't christmas pudding shit i I can't remember i couldn't remember the last time i had it i've I've never had it and i've I've, how would you know that it's a fruit thing isn't it it's a fruit cake thing and i hate fruit cakes and then my, my mother-in-law always tells me oh no but it's amazing and i went well if it's so amazing why do you only have it one day a year well it's interesting you bring this up yeah this very topic, exactly right? everyone's we, mind's just been blown all the three no, like, people listening yeah that's right well, <laughs> on that topic and i'm glad we're talking about this right <laughs> the um the bread the italians have yeah the cake bread that they for, toast for Christmas. No, no, they have it at Christmas Kibata. time only. It starts with, it starts oh, with no. a P, right? Panettone, right? Panettone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah Panettone. Like, I love the stuff. I want it every day of the year. I don't want it just on Christmas. You know, in, yes. the, in the days, of, like, and we buy, we typically buy 50, 60 of them and give them to friends and family. We buy a lot of them because I think they're amazing. Like, toasted <laughs> Panettone, I could... I, I'd be a hundred kilos if I had toasted panettone every day, you know, but, the, but there's such great, it's such a great food. And the point you just brought up about the, um, the pudding there, Ashmal, I actually think I could have panettone every day if it was available. I could, cause it's, it's in the, it's in the bag, isn't it? And you shake it with the sugar and flour in there. What? Yeah. Yeah. We get it that way. About, yeah. It's in a triangular box with a bag in, yeah. and it's in a bag. You shake, you shake it, it. It's more cakey, isn't it? It's more like a cake. It is cake, yeah. 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 See, Brock's agreeing with me. You're saying, what are I, you talking I'm, about? The shake up bit, I don't get. Anyway, let's you know, keep moving on. Uh, yeah, on, next subject, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have um, the, uh, there's one other thing that I've got to share, by the way, about my what's been happening this week. Oh, that's um, some good stuff here if you want to go down that path. Well, I, I know about what's happening. Actually, you need to tell us that in a minute, but it's about my Boxster. Yeah. yeah. Now, Brock, it. you know about the green stuff growing in my Boxster. We talked about I last do. time. The garden. Um, I have now bought the parts. They arrived today to fix it. So oh, please. struts for the front, struts for the front, CV boots, and I've got the brake discs, and I've just got to... So I've taken the battery out. It's on charge. And tomorrow... I'm going to get my hazmat suit on, I'm going to get a mask on, gloves, get in there with the bleach, clean it, fire it up, get it over to Jack. And next week, I might be cruising the mean streets with the top right, down. All I, all right now, all I'm hearing is big talk. 
It's, I want to see it, results. It is big talk. It is big talk. <laughs> it's momentous. It's pretty momentous. I'm excited but, you know, for I'm you. Like, I think this is this is terrific. I mean, a Boxster with fresh, fresh suspension, that's a fun car. I know. I know. I, need, I mean, you know, you I might need to if, yeah, if, if you know, the engine in my 911 grenades, I might have to drive it. It's not, <laughs> of course, it's not going to grenade. I'm going to put oil in and it's going to be fine. It's like going strong. Yeah. It's only done 157,000 miles. Put that, put that Molly Gen, that uh, liquid Molly, Molly Gen in there. That stuff's amazing. Yeah, but is that, is that, is that good or bad? Is that, is that the stuff that you oh, see on the infomercials? Good. No, 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 no. This is the. This is the. It looks like coolant, unfortunately, but it's green. It's mol. Look at that, Molly Gen. It's liquid Molly. It's a terrific oil. It's good. It's. It'd be ideal, probably, for your situation. Is that because you said it while laughing? I'm not convinced now. Well, I mean, I, it sounds like you might have a situation. That's all. There's no. There's um, no situation. There's no situation. It was so, just a slight. So I've run it. I've run it in my 996. Like when I'm gonna go do like a big monster road trip. And I know that I'm going to, I'm not going to get an oil change in. Like I'll run Molly Gen in it. And then after it's done, I, you know, I take it out. So um, it's not, is it an, is it an additive or do you put it in as no, oil? It's a, it's a, it's a full on oil. It's a special oh. oil from, from like the Molly. It's good stuff. Right. Okay. It's got, so built, thought, it's got, they're built in additives. It's, it's really good. All right. Cause I thought you were going to say one of those, you know, that you see on the late night infomercials where they go and take the sump sump off a car in a in a you know a yard and then they just run the car and squirt a hose on it and stuff like that (laughs) yeah no don't i don't i don't use any actually i do use a couple of of, of motor supplements um like probably twice a year but other than that i I don't really use a lot of those how often how often do you change the oil i change mine every five thousand miles so like once five thousand miles yeah, I see. I've, I've done my. I see my car's done about six thousand miles, but since the last oil change, but that was two and a half years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So basically, there's no way I would ever. It would if I were doing it over time. It would be every six months, even though it's synthetic. Like I, I sh- I run full synthetic oil in my car. I change it every five thousand miles, and um, I just. It's just built into me that way. That's how it is. I do that with all of my cars. Do you uh, do the change? Oh yeah, it takes it me thirty-five minutes. See, I don't, I don't, I could do it, but I don't. I'm really lazy. Why not? It's and, so easy, uh, and it's I so sad. I, I, listen, I've got a shop that I could go to that I could throw up on a lift. I do it in my driveway. I've got a, a Harley Davidson oil pan, like oil drip pan. Yeah, it's it's low. Yeah, I slide under the rear. I jack the the car up like four inches and i break the i break the nut loose i take the filter off and i'm done at top at top clean up and all in 40 minutes it's so mm-hmm. and it, i'm so satisfied after the fact i'm like yeah i just did my own oil change what's up <laughs> yeah, I, see, I, I used to do that i used to do that but i don't i don't anymore and i think it's more to do with yeah it was the time factor uh also i've moved house so i don't know what anything is so if i need to find uh-huh. a screwdriver it's quicker for me to walk 15 minutes down the road to the shop and buy another one and walk 15 minutes back than to try and look through my shed. And so I'm still trying to build. Yeah, exactly. I'm trying to build a, a garage outside, which hasn't happened. Um, so yeah. it's, yeah, I should do it myself, but yeah. I, I am going to get the oil changed. Well, get oil, top it up with oil and then get it changed. Uh, and then, <laughs> uh, and then um, I'll report back next week about my, my boxster. It's going to be amazing. By the, by the sounds of things though, with the 996, Half the oil change process is already done. There is no yeah. oil in it. 
Yeah, that, no, he's still the, the number <laughs> one bar comes up. One bar comes up okay. on the on the thing. How many bars are there? Oh, it's probably it's, like prob- five, oh, look, it's probably it? it's probably a faulty gauge. Tell you right now. There are two, four, six, looks like eight bars. So you're uh, you're low, low. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that's low. That's low. That? Yeah, it's coming so up. So you're running at, what's that? You're running about 12.5% of your uh, capacity at the moment. Yeah, but, oh, so it'll be fine. I'll just top it up. <laughs> I only made the noise today. <laughs> I could say where these conversations are going. Here's my other question. Where did it all go? Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's been, it's been a while, and I and I have been driving over those ten months. I haven't checked the oil. I have been driving yeah. it quite hard. Um, yeah. Today, I didn't go above six thousand RPM. That's the- so when I drove it today. <laughs> <That's good>. <laughs> <laughs> so- Hang on, where did it all go? It's a it's a twenty plus year old car that's yeah. done one hundred fifty thousand miles. I think it might have turned into smoke. Guys, I have 153,226 miles on mine. I do not burn a single quart of oil in between changes. Yeah, but yeah, if you but, went two and a half years. Or even better, 5,000 mile oil changes. What are you up to? What's that, 90 oil changes or something? Couple, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. So compared to Ajmal, it's had three, right? In, yeah. Across that period. Yeah. No, I've had, I've had they, three years. But, I've done one. But even in my manual, it says that I'm supposed to burn a quart of oil every thousand miles. Ah, uh, okay. There you go. See, mine is right. Mine is right. Yeah. See, it's doing it's what it's supposed to do. Mine's the problem. Yeah. I've got the problem. Yeah. You do not have the problem. You need to go and take a look in the mirror, Brock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially because you're the only grown man that's ever read the manual of their car. I read everything. I love that stuff. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm totally nerd out on it. That's why me and Grant Larson could talk for three hours about Porsche stuff. <laughs> See, I know that. I used for to real nerd though. Out. Oh, I used to nerd I out. I read like every, everything. I oh, soak it up. Should, I can't help it. You should read the owner's manual of a 356 if you ever get the opportunity. If you want entertainment oh. on what they thought you should be doing to your own motor car, I think okay. that I think in that manual it actually tells you how to adjust the valves. Like I think yep. you know, like oh, that's yeah, done of percent does. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think it, that's it, amazing it, how to how to set the gaps in your plugs. I mean, like all the little things. Like you should know how to do these things. Well, if I've, you've I've got seen, a three, five, six, you actually need yeah. to. Yeah, I've I've seen uh, a I've seen a meme uh, probably in the last year or so on probably on Instagram or something, and it did say that when you bought something like a three, five, six, it told you how to adjust the valves. When you buy a car now, it tells you not to drink the battery fluid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think I've seen that. It's so true, though. It's sad. It's, this is where we've come in society. It is, it is. and it's you know, it's. Imagine if Porsche went. Do you know, in homage to 1973, we're going to launch 911, and it's going to have an oil clapper on the side. Yes. <laughs> imagine how many of them. Please, yeah, please don't put fuel in it. Yeah. You know, guys, that's that's really funny. So because of this new special wishes program, they will literally do anything for you. Like if you would like them to build you a 904 GTS, they will do it. I would. Like I would you could, you could, yeah, you can ask them to do anything. So if you just seriously just wanted to have your, 
your oil spot on the side of the uh, on the side of the car, they would add it there. They would put it there instead of somewhere else. Like I was a little surprised. That was one of the questions that they asked us during the forum: is if you could have anything done at the uh, Porsche Special Wishes program, what would it be? And uh, you know, a couple of people were some really basic. You know, there were some really simple questions. I thought I was being advanced by telling them that I would want to build a a, a factory built Safari 911, and people really liked that. And then this guy named Lake um, came up to me at the end. And he's like, "You told him the wrong car." And I'm like, "Whoa, uh, what did I do?" And he's like, "You told you should have told them that you wanted the modern interpretation of the 904." And I'm like, "They would do that." So I saw and I talked to the Porsche guys <laughs> at at Amelia, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we would totally do that for you." Oh, wow. Well, did you so anything you, you want? See, Brock, did you? You see that you know the um was the book called Porsche Unseen the uh that came out last year that had all the you know the prototype cars that never made it to production or never made it to a show. There was yeah. a 904 based on a box to platform yeah modern interpretation in that, and that thing was stunning. Yes, that's I what the came should have been. I, I absolutely, absolutely agree. I, I think they should do that again. I think they need to bring that car back. I think that might happen. I think that the the new line that is coming out that is based on the 718, I think that we're going to see some something else squeezed in there. That a uh, little, little homage to the, uh, the 904. It's a perfect car for it. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Because the, they did... Um... Was it the nine nine three or the nine nine six? They were. There was a factory V eight, wasn't there? Like an eight. Yeah, they, they. I think it was based. It was the nine nine six, and I think it was based out of the uh, the the um, the nine twenty eight. That was the, the basis of that. that no, no. The the nine nine six car had the Audi the Audi V eight in it. They dropped oh, the, the four two. Um, yeah, the four point two liter. Yeah, that's the one that's at the museum. Okay. Lee Sibley, who's, who's been a guest, he's got off Nine Works Radio on the podcast. He, yeah. he actually's done a video on that car um, okay. at, from the Porsche Museum. It's, it's actually fascinating. That's I've actually a light engine. There's, um, there's a guy here in Australia that's using that same engine, that 4.2 litre Audi V8. He's put into his Boxster because it punches out, you know, I think it's about 30 or 40% more horsepower than the Boxster motor and only weighs something like six kilos more than the Boxster engine. Wow! So those, those motors basically like glass, didn't they just explode on 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 like anything just randomly? Uh, the RS fours, like I, I actually had one of those RS fours, and that was a you, you. I can't even imagine how you could possibly break that engine. It was so resilient. Really? Yeah, it was amazing. And the box, the yeah, gearbox, bolts straight up for that engine. It's not. There's it. not even an adapter plate because the um, box, the gearbox, is the same gearbox housing that's used in the Audis. As using the box, so it's flipped around the other way, type thing, because it's part of the VAG group, you know. Right. I should Amazing. do that. I should do that to my Boxster and make it an Overlander. It's a cheap yeah. motor. Get Jack to do it. Oh my god, that'd be amazing. If only I had money. <laughs> I would do that. <laughs> yeah, that was the, that was the other the other side of the uh, Porsche Specials Wishes program. It only takes money. Yeah. Yeah. Like. It's, it's, I, I went to uh, uh, Pompeii, Italy. So, and you know, when, when you see it and how old it is and how yep. 
modern their thinking was and how they could build things. And I remember being there with my wife and talking about um, the pyramids in Egypt. And, sure. uh, and she turns to me, isn't it amazing what you can achieve when you have a limitless supply of slaves? Accurate. <laughs> and when you think about them that way and you just think, I want to, I want to say controversial stuff again. I feel that way about Dubai, Qatar, and in uh, lesser yeah, part, in places like Singapore. Yeah, because, you know, when they're building the football stadiums, you know, the World Cup in Qatar, and there's, I don't know how many football stadiums there's going to be for the World Cup, which is they're having to move it to the winter because it's so hot there, and they're all going to be air-conditioned. And all these stadiums are going to be built on the backs of, you know, dead migrant labor who have got no rights no nothing they're not allowed to go to the mall you know at the weekend when they've got the day off and it's um and it's a country with one city it's country with one city this says a lot like manhattan yeah it does you know that's how that was was built built. (laughs) yeah it's 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 mad to think that kind of stuff's happening. I've kind of gone off gone off topic now because I really wanted to talk about my idea about overlanding in the boxster. Yeah, I, I think, think it's a great idea. Because you can get, so. you talked about it earlier, Brock. You can get roof rack for it. it exists. Yeah. yeah. Factory roof rack. Yeah. Why, would you you a roof rack a, why would you need a roof rack on a car that's got two trunks? Because I'd need an uh, overland spare wheel. You got to throw ah, a tent yeah, on the top. Oh no, you've got to go no, you've got to go fully old school on the um with a spare wheel, and that goes on the boot. Yes, that's exactly what I was gonna say. You beat me to it. Yeah. Rack uh, that thing up on the boot. That is true. That would look that would that would be a thing to behold. I couldn't do the tent though, because I don't I don't sleep in I don't go camping. I don't ever go camping ever. ever. But you ever, go ever. Yeah, yeah, I don't go overlanding. <laughs> but, hey, overlanding. Between, between the Hilton and the Ritz. <laughs> Glamping. Yeah. I don't even do glamping. Yeah. I don't even do glamping. You know, when there's a music festival that happens, uh, it's like an, an 80s themed one. So, you know, you've got the likes of uh, Linda Carlisle and people like that playing. Yeah. And um, it's on sort of August time. And the first one they had was down the road from here. And, and some people bought weekend tickets and they were camping. And some of them, I went to the second day and some of them had just had enough of camping. And they were grown up people, because remember, it's 80s, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. living, you know, nostalgia. It's a lot and of grey hair. Yeah, random people come up to you and they try and befriend you because they find out that you live locally. <laughs> like, Please come and use your shower. You're like, no, fuck off. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> it's like you chose to camp. <laughs> That's so funny, guys. This is the same conversation that I was just having with Porsche before, you, before I talked to you. Is uh, we were talking about <laughs> rooftop tenting, overlanding, and uh, or off-grid camping, as yeah, as we yeah. were discussing in a 911, and, and what it takes, and and why, and, and the challenges, and all all of these little things. Because um, I think we might have inspired Porsche to do a Porsche experience with rooftop tents factory. Wow. So well, they are actually. Well, there's the 992 Safari. It's going to drop any minute. So they'll have those. Cars I know. I'm waiting. As the, That'll be amazing. <clears throat> but I think this one is uh, we're going to do it with, uh, or they're going to do it with a 992 and the uh, Taycan. So I think oh, that okay. you'll have, uh, you know, a couple of options to, to rooftop tent on a 911. I hope, so, I, hope someone's, I hope someone's taking a generator. I'm sure they'll have generators and showers and all of the wonderful things that uh, that you need to uh, have experience. 
to keep your yeah. to keep your car charged and your body clean. Yeah. Solar panels, because you know, because because they're kind of there with the is it the cross turismo. Yeah, they're very uh, much there with cross turismo. Yeah, because that is it, that's a big car. You know, it's got lots of space inside. You could put a ton of stuff on the roof as well because it's a big roof. Yeah, you don't even need a roof tent. You can actually just put seats down and, and sleep in the back. Yeah, did I see that you were driving a Taycan over in yeah. Florida? What did you think? Yep. Uh, second one I've been, I've, I've only been in a Turbo S and a Turbo, and um, it's an experience. Like it, it, it was funny. I had the head of Porsche Motorsports North America sitting in the passenger seat with me, and and we were both talking about this car. And I mean, we're talking about a serious petrol head. This guy works on nine seventeen motors and and rebuilds them. Like that's a big deal, right? Wow. Um, and one of the things that I said now that this was my second time driving the Taycan was, um, it was a little surprising how it still has the sole feel of a Porsche. It didn't just feel like another electric car. Um, and I'm not, a an electric car fan, like that's not my priority and not, not, not my preference by any means, but it is pretty incredible. And I've driven, you know three different electric cars now, uh, obviously Tesla and the Porsche, um, and a Rivian pickup. And the Porsche is still a Porsche. Like, I don't care what anybody says when you get in the car, it still, still feels like you're driving the brand. And I, that's impressive. Very impressive. I mean, you'd think that would be there. Yeah. That for them to achieve that is, is amazing. Yeah, you know, they're, they're those taglines, soul electrified or electrified soul or whatever it was. Like they did. I mean, it's the real deal. And I'm not just saying that be as an ambassador for the brand. Like if it was, if it was trash, I would tell you it's trash. Um, you know, if it felt like a, a car that wasn't part out of, coming out of that company, I would tell you it, it really feels like you're behind the wheel of, of the Porsche. And that, that's the only electric car you'd, you'd catch me in you know, daily driving, if that, but, uh, but I will say I was really excited to get back into the car park and, and get behind the wheel of the 996 and start it up and, and drive away. Like I, I it felt so good to hear that car. Oh God, it was wonderful. So I want you to, next time you get invited to Amelia Island, I want you to say, I want to be driving up across that grass in my 996. Yeah. Well, had this been a little bit sooner, had I known a little earlier, I probably would have made the drive out. Um, I would have driven all like 3,000 miles, 6,000 miles round trip to do it. Wow. wow. It, it would have been worth that, it. Like, that's an oil change. I, would just, I really just want to, yeah, that's an oil change. <laughs> and one. I, uh, I really would, I, I tell them, I would just camp on the, uh, on the golf on the course. Lawn. I'd happily accept my Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would be, that really, would be, but the thing is, you guys, I really would. Like, I would absolutely camp on the golf course at Amelia um, if they would let me. I mean, it would be, it would be yeah. so much fun. So. Yeah, get out, get, get up 6 a.m. while the sprinklers are going off, have a wee, just, you know, stand outside your car there like you do out in the bush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 shaving. Yeah. <laughs> are you going to grow the beard be again? You guys. Are you going to grow the beard again? Yeah, it's starting to come back. Um, I that was the other part that was pretty funny is uh, here I am up on stage and all the photos they're showing and they've got these like plaques up with posters of us and this kind of stuff and here I am with like a beard and long hair and a couple of them 
a beard and a baseball cap and a couple of them. And they're like, who's the guy on stage? Like, we don't, this, this, I looked nothing like yeah. I did up there. Um, it was, it was driving them. Nobody knew what was going on. They're like, is that you? Who's, you know, is that your brother? It was interesting. I did notice that because yeah, and every time you put up a little video of you being on a big screen somewhere, I was like, does yeah. anybody know that's him walking around right in front of the screen? It works out terrific. So we were walking into works reunion and there's this big long footbridge um, and we couldn't see what was going on, but where they were doing the reveal of the 996, um, they also had a big screen and I, you probably saw this in my stories and, and here I'm hearing my voice yeah. over all the speakers around the golf course. I'm like, what's going on? Like, this is crazy. And I knew it was the commercial and I get there and I see it, I'm like on the big screen and it, none of the pictures and none of the video look like me. And I'm standing around all these people and they're like, Oh my gosh, this guy's crazy. You know, they're like they're saying all these things and I'm standing yeah, look, right. Yeah. Next look at this idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. And I'm like, that's me. You know, like it was yeah, so yeah. funny. Like just nobody, it was the, it was actually a good move on my part because it kept things very, very like personal. Like I, I was able to stay to myself. I didn't have to go and chat and do all those kinds of things where if you yeah, see Magnus, yeah. you know, it's Magnus. Like yeah, there's yeah. no, no mistaking him. Um, and was he, he was wearing, constantly swung by people. Was he wearing the bowler hat? Um, no, he was actually wearing his cowboy hat and, uh, Ooh. his red flannel shirt, pretty much the same thing every day. Oh, wow. See, yeah. just kind of digressing a little bit. Cause it reminds me of what we were talking about earlier about Mark, you said about November, about, uh, people not drinking oh, and yes, you know, the, the, the last couple of years. Yeah, but you know the Movember? Yes. Oh, yeah. You guys do Movember. Mm -hmm. And uh, it just kind of reminded me because, you know, I can't, I don't grow my hair because obviously I've got a shaved head. And, um, but everyone talks about why do you never do Movember? You can't have a shaved head and a grow moustache. It's just wrong. Oof. You can't, That's you know, a unless you. combination. Exactly. I, I mean, I do grow a beard and have a shaved head. And I think I'm all right with that. But you can't have a mustache. It just looks like you know. Blue you should just do the goatee. You should just do the goatee, though. Like just do the goatee <laughs> instead. You know, like that would I, that I've, works. That would super villain. I've I've tried that. I'm I'm gonna put up on Instagram my lockdown gif that I created, <laughs> which was me shaving my beard off in in different stages. I'll put that up, <laughs> and it just yeah. Apart from the full beard, it just looks awful. So I think that's. What, I mean, my wife said she'll divorce me if I grow a big beard. Um, you should but, try. I, I bet she. I bet she won't divorce you. But you, you, you can try it. I've done that with my wife. She she well, lets it slide. So I, I grow a beard quite quickly. So I don't shave in January, and by the end of January, it's a full big beard. And her birthday is in early February. Ooh. So she always says, "You can't come to my birthday if you haven't had a shave." <laughs> All right, that's fair. So, so, the, so that you know, it's yeah. She's she's not uh, the once I got away with it. I told her I'd shave my head because I was meeting her at the train station and she'd been in London and I was meeting her there and we were going to go on somewhere else. And I turned up and I came bounding down the platform and I had a big old beard, which was you know I'd used beard oil and everything. It'd been her birthday, shiny head. Yeah. I just had a shave and she was like <laughs> the, the expletives that came out of her mouth. She hates it. Whereas my children love it. Yeah. How crazy. Yeah, my daughter would love me to grow a beard. She's brought it up about 10 times. I just, it's a, just a little too, uh, I can't get past the irritation mode, you know, length. I can't grow up past oh, yeah. that point. 
Oh no! You know, see, just... when, I don't know about see, I don't know about you, Brock, but when I grow a beard and then I shave it off, the, the thing that I miss, yeah, the thing that I miss the most is being able to just sit there. And you know when everyone thinks yeah. that you're thinking, and you're just tucking um, this bit here, but you're not actually thinking. Yeah. All you're thinking is, God, this feels good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> true. <laughs> and it's just when it goes, you just do this phantom thing on your chin, going, "Oh God, where's my beard gone?" <laughs> It's so true. I, I and I'm, like, I've been beardless for a while now, and I, and I miss it. So I'm kind of it's, it's coming back a bit. Coming back. It's got to be yeah, done. classic. Now, Brock, uh, talking about road trips, I would like to share yeah. my road trip experience from the weekend. Oh, just yes. Tell me. I have a uh, look. My non Porsche car is a car that you don't actually get in North America, called a Toyota GR Yaris. Yeah, it's yeah, a little okay. um, rally rally base hatchback, three cylinder turbo four wheel drive. Amazing little car, great fun. Three hundred odd horsepower, goes like the clappers. Absolutely cracker of a little car, right? So I'm going down to a rally sprint event that is about two hundred and fifty miles south of Perth, and about two hundred miles south of Perth, we got friends who are on a farm, so we go down and spend the night there with them, and you know have a great night catching up with you know people who don't live nearby and. The next morning, we're going through a national park. We're on our way to go and do a uh, hike up to a um, mountain peak. And as we're on our way there, kangaroo jumps out of nowhere and absolutely destroys the front of my car. Like, I mean, I am miles from home, right? All our stuff's in the car, the whole thing, right? And it's right, it's, it's getting towed up to Perth today actually for um so i had to you know get hold of the insurance company had intermittent um cell phone reception because i'm out in the boondocks and you know it's just oh man but it's wrecked though, isn't it? it's to, wrecked no i think they'll fix it it's pretty I feel like we pretty. talked briefly about this potentially happening on the last podcast we did yeah. about wildlife yeah and and like kangaroo bars essentially is what you need on the fronts of all your cars over there and we were talking about elk yeah, and yeah. deer and all that yeah yeah yeah. my yaris doesn't have that as no. is fairly evident by the state of the front of the car right now right? <laughs> yeah. so and, see, um, the, how did the kangaroo fare yeah look it's uh it's not a topic of conversation at home for my nine-year-old daughter because of oh, all yeah. the fur and blood up inside the car but what you did was you ate it didn't you I'm a vegetarian, well, Ashwell. Oh, right. Sorry. Sorry. I thought you might have cooked it. <laughs> no, because you know, there's Aussies, a... do, Aussies do eat kangaroos. Yes. But you know, there's a there's a, a, a law, I think, over here, someone told me about. So if I'm, so where I live, there's a, a ton of deer that live in the woods yeah. near where I live. Sure. So they're always running across the road. If you run one over, you're not allowed to pick it up and take it home. But the person driving behind you could. No. Is that right? Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So we have the same it's thing so here. Like you can't hit an animal and take it home. I don't know about the person behind me, though. I doubt that. But yeah, wow, that's wild. Yeah. Anyway, that's so, nuts. so that, that event happened. And the timing was impeccable because that was the weekend. We had a long weekend here. And I was on the, um, on the, uh, in the week leading up to this, I was planning on putting my car on the market to sell. Oh. In an effort, in an effort to put together a, I've been struggling to try and put this deal together to buy to replace it with a Porsche, and now 
because of this timing, I get a call from the person who I was going to buy the replacement car, the Porsche from, called me yesterday to say, oh, Mark, I've actually sold that car to someone else now because you dicked around too long to... Uh, no. Yeah, so oh. it was a, uh, so the whole thing is just, I've got a wrecked car. I don't have the Porsche I wanted to buy, you know. So, <laughs> but oh. look, they repair the car. Still be happy with it. It's a great little car. And you know what? When I take it to the track and things like that, that. because it's value Value. and for want of a better term, disposability, I guess, the way I drive that is very different to the way I would drive a Porsche on the track, the same knowing I'm going to get that home and and the value of that Porsche compared to the value of the Yaris, you know? Yeah, that's totally fair. I understand that. And right now I'm in that situation because I really enjoy driving up the track. I'm actually half thinking I just buy a golf or something and then just buy a proper track car. Yeah. Like okay. Just get yourself a Boxster S. No, I'm talking about a proper track car. Something that someone's done the whole thing to. You know what I mean? You just want it's it. it's okay. not road registered. You know, like I'll just something that someone spent way too much money on as a project and doesn't use yes. it. Yes. Those are the best. Like yeah. an old 944 or something like that that someone's fully tracked. Or, Those nine four four track cars are so much fun, really fun cars. There's actually a nine twenty four turbo uh, for sale here in Portland that I'm seriously considering. It's like 180 horsepower, fully built. Um, I could drive it on the street, fortunately, but it's be primarily a track car, and it would be a blast. It's got that nine forty four motor in it, it's just turbocharged yeah. as well. So. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Well, uh, but before before we move off the whole animal theme, and I, I know we've, we've we've gone on quite a long time, but um, there's I've I've got a relevant story, but it's um, I I didn't the car didn't hit the creature. It was so I was driving along in my nine eleven, and a couple of people waved at me. I didn't know who they were. They didn't look familiar. They waved right. So across yeah. the street, I'm driving along. And I've got the window open. So, you know, I do the old, that Porsche girl salute, you know, stick my arm out the window fast. A bird hits my arm. (laughs) 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 A bird hits me in the arm. It hurts like hell. Honestly, just like big first straight into my arm. And then there's feathers in my face, in my mouth. What? All over. All over. So I have to pull over. And then obviously the bird's like gone off to die somewhere. It did get up. It landed on the road and it got up and flew away. But I had to drive away really quickly because I was embarrassed. And I'm picking feathers out of the car and, and you know, in my hat and everywhere. What are the chances? <laughs> what, if someone could work out the odds of that happening at that precise moment in time, it's got to be like chanting a centillion, right? Yeah, that's well, amazing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I so I blame Lara. How dare she give me that idea? It is her fault. Yeah, I'll let her know. Actually, I got to reach out to her today. I'll tell her that exactly what happened. No, I told her about it, and she went, "No, you're kidding." Oh, you did. Gonna, no, I'm, right. I went, I'm serious. My arm is so sore. <laughs> it's just oh, yeah, man, never again. Funny. Never again. Never again. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I've, only, I've only hit two animals in cars I, I hit an elk in my m5 and it just sat on the hood and, and wrinkled it a bit and then i had a coyote run into the side of my s4 
those are the only two experiences I've had so far. And I've put a lot of miles on, especially night miles to the woods. So I'm pretty fortunate. So I'm, I, I might be at five. Five, five or six. Oh, look. Gotta be in Australia. Yeah, oh, look, it's, I think four, maybe four or five kangaroo strikes I've had. And, um, wow. and, and, <laughs> an emu on a motorcycle. No, the emu was on the motorcycle. Hang on, the emu was on the motorcycle. I just realized what it sounds like. I was on a motorcycle and um, I'm pulling out of a service station after fueling up. And this is like, I'm talking, this is out in the sticks. I'm, it's a place uh, not, oh, I wouldn't even mean anything to you guys, even though I explained where it was. But it was about uh, maybe a thousand kilometers, 1200 kilometers from Perth. And as I'm pulling out of the service station, uh, Along the side of the road, I'm looking at this emu and I'm looking down my speed. I think, geez, those emus run fast. And then it turned right straight into me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that Amazing cornering speed on those emus. <laughs> they corner like they're on rails, those emus. They do. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually rid- I've ridden into one on my bicycle in the bush, mountain biking as well. One just came out of the bush and boom. Oh, what happened? <laughs> this is. I- <laughs> <laughs> I just can't imagine seeing a giant bird running down the side of the road. I'm already struggling with that part of it, let alone it like running Dude, into right. me. Yeah, and the guy who's – he saw it at the service station because he was out there talking to me while I was filling up and, you know, as right off, he obviously watched me right off. And then he sees me hit this emu and <laughs> on a motorbike. Wow. So he he comes down, picks, picks me up, picks the motorbike up, we wheel it back and it's fractured the fuel tank. Right, oh. you know, so, and I'm I'm a long way from home, and I'm looking at the broken foot peg and the bent handlebars and the broken headlight and how far I still had to go because I was riding across Australia at the time, and the um, he's going, oh look, I reckon I can help with the fuel tank, but not the other stuff. And I said, how are you going to help me with the fuel tank? It's got a big crack in it, you know. And he goes, oh yeah, I've got just a thing for that. And he goes into the shop, buys a packet of minties. Do you know what minties are, Brock? As a lolly, no. as a, it's like okay. a. It's a um, a sweet lolly, chewy. but it's quite chewy, right? So he chews it up, makes it nice, soft, and malleable, uses that, seals up the fuel tank. <laughs> wow. I know. I was wow, blown away. Impressive. Yeah. That got me all the way over to Adelaide, which was wow. another, you know, two and a half thousand kilometers across the, you know, across the middle of Australia to get to. That's See, I'm, I'm, very impressive. I'm, I'm I would never wrong. put any of that in my mouth. Ever again. <laughs> like, well, that's some, that's some, it'll pull out teeth fillings, a minty will. Yeah. Oh my God. No, I'm I'm the same wow. as Brock. I've I'm not gonna include the bird thing because I don't feel like that's uh where I've hit the car the, the bird has hit me sure. personally. But um I've hit two animals and it both happened in the same week. And they were cats. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. cats. Oh, you're that's you're a cat lover as well. You recently had a cat. I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm not a cat lover. I'm not really an animal lover. I mean, I love animals I can eat mostly. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not really yeah. a pet person, but we have a cat. Anyway, it was a long time ago, more than twenty years ago. I hit these two cats in one week, and the first one, it was late night. You know, I was at my girlfriend's. I was driving home, and I hit this cat, and it um, it. It was sat in the middle of the road because someone on the other side of the road had hit it and it landed on my side of the road. And I went over oh it. Oh my gosh. But, but it was the, the it was between the wheels, so I didn't crush it. 
but I think the top of the engine must have touched it and it was lying there. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to just leave it there. So I went and parked my car so the other cars couldn't get over it. And, and you know, another guy stopped and we got a blanket and we moved to the side of the road and it kind of ran away. And I thought, oh God, that's just going to go and die somewhere. Anyway, I go into work the next day and I'm sat next to the guy and I'm saying to him, oh, you know, this horrific thing happened last night. And he goes away. And then my senior director comes in and she sits the other side. And I just turn to her and go, hey, how's it going? And she goes, it's not great. And she goes, you know, my son last night, you know, our cat didn't come home. And <laughs> it was, and she said, she said, she said he was out on the porch, you know, like all evening going, Tweety, Tweety, where are you? And you know, when you sat there going, like the blood is draining out of my face. And I went, and then she just started laughing and she went, no, I've just been talking to Craig around the corner. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's just like, that was so mean. I was so upset about that. It was a good one, though. That, it was a good one. They got me. That is the best. Well, boys, oh. we have been going for a while. And, Brock, yeah. I feel like we actually spoke about Porsche a bit today as well. We did. Yeah, we did. I was going to go and, into something um, else, but I think we're going to have to save that for part three. I was going to ask about what yeah. your plans are. <laughs> we're doing out. part three. But, yeah, 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 but we'll have to leave it for part three, which will be, you know, another time. <laughs> <laughs> there's, certainly, there's, certainly no, there's certainly no shortage of crap and on available between the three of us. I can hear that. Yeah. But it's been, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you sharing your experience at Amelia Island and your, um, you know, your background with the other Porsche personalities that you um, had had fun with. And, I can't believe we didn't get an invite, Ashmar. I know, especially the you know. Sorry, first guys, class I, didn't, plane. I didn't have the poll this year. Maybe next year. Yeah, I can, definitely. No, I can't. No, I can't believe they didn't call us direct. That's a bit. I'm surprised. <laughs> oh, by the way, have you got Magnus's number? Did you get his number off him? <laughs> He's not going to give yeah, it to you. He just gave me this. All I got is this. All I got is this. <laughs> I was going to say, just ring him up and say, I've just been on this podcast, uh, Porsche podcast again. It's been amazing. You should go on there. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll give him a heads up. <laughs> He, he no, would be sitting going, great. what? What is going on here? Yeah, it's, it has been a hoot. Really appreciate it, Brock. And um, yeah, you drive, drive safe, my friend. I will, you too. No more animals. Yep. Let's hope not. So, anyway, so thanks everyone for listening. If you've gotten this far through the podcast, it is, uh, we really appreciate you listening. And it has uh, been a lot of fun, and we look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you for listening to Porsche Talk Podcast.